Welcome to Beaver Does Movies, and I am doing something I've never done before. I am actually interviewing somebody that is not from Winnipeg. So, welcome to the show of Fighting With Myself podcast, Juice Jackson. Thank you, sir. Happy to be here. Uh, so, I met you on Twitter, and the main reason that really wanted to break the seal on this was just every time you tweet, I, I chuckled to myself a little bit. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm really glad. All I try to do is be funny. Like I, I started this, uh, the Twitter account for my, uh, for my podcast about yeah. a year and a half ago. And, uh, I literally just, every time I tweet, I try like, what can I do to get the most eyes on my brand and my show or whatever? So I'm always trying to say the most wild shit. And you do man. And then how was it? There was one way you just wanted to talk about freak shows. And that's in my wheelhouse. When it comes to freak shows, I love it, especially the stuff from Japan, like the yes. pride stuff. Uh, anytime, oh, what's his name? A uh, giant dude, like giant guy, 600 pounds. Well, one of uh, those guys that was involved in a lot of those freak show fights is in this movie. Bob's, yes, yes. And then there's another guy. In the, I remember him fighting someone, I think... Uh, uh, Genki, where he just basically landed on top of him and started rolling towards him ever so slowly until he ended up getting tapped out. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like like every Pride fight. Yeah, uh, Abizuno or something like that. Yeah, I'm terrible with the Japanese names. Like if yeah. it's not Takata or like Akiyama, Funaki, well, like this is like an American guy though. Oh really? Yeah. Then I have absolutely no idea. And then you got Akibono as well. Who's right, like a, of course. Like an Hawaiian guy who ended up. Yep, the I'm, sumo wrestler. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. Uh, Emmanuel Yarborough. That guy, yeah. yes. Who is yes. now transitioning to slap fights. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so ridiculous. He's gone from, I'm going to get tapped out by these people, to now I'm just going to get slapped for a living. And he seems to be doing well because he can absorb punishment. Because right. his giant face, but man, uh, my favorite fight ever, and I do want to do a movie involving this guy, is Don Fry versus Yoshihiro Taki. I mean, that, oh, it's that a opening thirty seconds, just bam, bam, bam. Yeah, it's it's like a uh, rock and sock and robots yep. come to life, and as you see it, every time Don Fry's fist just removes itself, Akiyama's face just pops up even more. If I somehow get, uh, like, in my older age and I'm able to, like, actually get in shape, I want to play Don Fry in a movie. That guy is so fucking oh, interesting. He is. I was like, I had that some bitch with everything I had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And just, like, the samurai spirit from Akiyama as well. He knew he was going to lose. So he was like, you know what? I'm just going to swing until one of his goes. And it's just – that's just pride in itself. Brilliant. Anyway, so – there's uh, going to be an MMA tie into our podcast because the movie we picked is MMA. But before we do that, have you watched anything recently? I've watched a lot recently. And I'm actually, I'm so glad that you have me on because 
as you mentioned, I do a podcast called Fighting With Myself. It's about MMA. But I went to school for acting. And oh. I've been doing theater since I was eight years old. So I love talking movies. And like I, I one of my friends movie podcasts before, like I won't talk movies with anybody. It doesn't even have to be an MMA movie. And so I've been watching a lot of reasons. Like I was actually listening to your last episode. You mentioned that, or, or you rather your co-host mentioned uh, they watched Hamilton and you said you were not going to watch it or you are. Did, did on, you end up watching it? Uh, I did not end up watching it. Uh, I'm still on the fence about it. It's just, even though I know it's good musicals just, turns me off i see it's, i that was so interesting about this episode because you said oh i don't like musicals except for this and this and this and you named <laughs> yeah. like a bunch of really good ones i was like i'm a i'm a big proponent that someone needs the right one the yeah. right musical for anybody like uh like hamilton is actually like like you said it's a, it's a fair amount of hip-hop and rap but there's also like it's just a raw emotion I don't, so I, I watched hamilton but also um i watched a movie called becky have you yes. heard that? I love that movie so oh, much. Oh my God. I actually, this yeah. is another MMA tie. I actually only heard about it because Chael Sonnen said that he was watching it. Yeah. And I, I was like, oh my God, it's, it's insane. And Kevin James in that movie is so amazing. Uh, he's underrated. Yeah, he is. In general. And the, well, I think he's, it's kind of like the Adam Sandler effect where he's done so much shit. You just think, oh, he's just terrible. But he has it in him. He just coasts so much. I think the same with Kevin James. 100%. Actually, one of my favorite MMA movies is Here Comes the Boom. Yes. It's not meant to be like super gritty or anything. I mean, he's trying to save a bunch of kids, like music program. So it's kind of heartfelt. And like, I'm pretty sure it's PG, if not PG-13. It's just yeah, like, it's it, very it wholesome. But his acting is really good in it. Yes. Yes. I, but I'm really glad that he actually had it in him to do a serious role. Same with uh, Joel McHale. Oh my God. Yeah. I actually like during this lockdown, um, I actually never watched community when it was oh. on air and I just like, you know, I have time binge the whole series. I am such a massive fan, yes. such a fan of Joel McHale. And, and I was really impressed with, with his acting as well. Yeah. And just for, and like the main actress as well, uh, that, that played Becky, she was amazing. Uh, there was actually going to be like the next Dakota Fanning. Yeah. She was so good at it. I, she was in something else which oh she was in um the the good ouija board movie there was a second one <laughs> the, good she, the good one uh she was in that the second one and they managed to it started off everyone's like oh this is gonna be shit and this movie came out like, holy crap they actually did some good same with uh annabelle there was a crap first one and then the second one she was in it too and it just kind of rose it just from the grave so for her to be in those movies and then even this She's gonna be. She's going places. And then also, uh, I have a wrestling background, so we have a wrestler in that movie, uh, the big tall dude. I was just gonna say that guy feels like he should be in. A, wasn't he in the Longest Yard, or that that was that was someone else? That was someone else. But he's been. He's, he was in like the Hobbit movies. Uh, he was in yes. uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. He's done a lot of roles as like the big imposing dude. But it was actually interesting that they actually got him to do some scenes, like actual act. Rather than yeah. just be the the big brute in the background, but yeah, definitely Becky is uh, one of my favorite movies of recent times. Uh, so now, on my case, I actually went back in time. I actually watched a movie that I haven't seen for a while, uh, but I know I enjoy it. I watched Roadhouse. <laughs> classic Roadhouse. Patrick Swayze. Love it. Sam Elliott. 
for some, I never knew Keith David was in that movie. He's the bartender. Oh yeah. He's only in it for a little bit, but it's just so much, it's just so interesting that he was in it and he, he had like a small speaker role, even though he was like a big actor because he was in They Live and The Thing and everything like that. We had this small role as just a replacement bartender. And just for the, the throat ripper alone as well. Oh my God. Oh, it's just so brutal. And hit, the funny thing was, um, I watched this at work. And before that, on the TV, I was watching Bar Rescue with Sean Taffer. If you ever heard of that show. Oh, the, uh, it, it's like a reality show where they yeah. go and on yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so cams, go, yeah. going from that where he's just screaming at people and then going from like pretty much the same thing with a guy who knows martial arts. <laughs> I would like to see a modern day version of that with John Taffer trying to solve that bar. Brilliant. Yeah. And so then after that, I ended up watching another movie and it's uh, today's topic. We watched 2009's Blood and Bone. And before we go into the movie, let's just talk about the man himself. Let's talk about Michael Jar White. An icon. <sighs> so good. And Everything he's been in, even like some of the, the worst shit, he's been the shining beacon of that. Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. When you tweeted me to come on the show, <laughs> I had never seen Blood and Bone. Yeah. And you said, do you want to watch Michael Jai White beat up Kimbo? And you used a black dynamite <laughs> gif. And I love oh. black dynamite. And I wanted to talk about like... I had this whole thing. I was like, oh man, we're going to talk about Black Dynamite. I watched Black Dynamite in college with a friend of mine. And um, we literally were watching it uh, for like 20 minutes. And then we get a knock on the door from my neighbor that I'd never like actually met yet. And he was like, can you come help me get out of the garage? I lost my clicker. So I'm like, okay, no problem. At the end, he was like, do you? do you guys smoke weed? I want to help you out. And he gave us like a a bag of weed. And so my friend and I were like, yeah. And so I watched that movie like flying stoned off my ass. And so that's my only memory of Black Dynamite is like being (laughs) baked as hell. So you want to watch it? (laughs) You want to see if you can watch it sober? Maybe maybe I do want to go to Black Dynamite. The issue is sometimes doing a movie podcast with a comedy. You're trying Mm. to be funny on top of a funny movie already. So it's kind of, Kind of, t- I try and stay stay away from comedy. I usually sure. prefer the unintentional comedy, like in this. I was movie. just gonna say this movie made me laugh <laughs> oh, so man. hard at so many times. Oh man, uh, talk about have... problematic! I mean, oh. if this movie was made today, the whole... everyone would be canceled. <laughs> Everything that came out of uh, Dante Basco's da- Dante Basco, oh. yeah, like Rufio, Rufio. Went, went off. Rufio oh, yeah. went off in this movie. Jesus, um, but yeah. Uh, for me, Michael Jai White, the first thing I saw him in was Spawn. Mm, Speaking yes. of Keith David. And oh, he, yeah. he, he was the best part of that movie. It's just unfortunately everything else failed it. <laughs> right. That'll, you know, that'll be a future episode. Um, we'll be Spawned because I, I tried reading the comics and quit after 10 issues. So, Yeah, no, Michael Jai White is amazing. Yeah. And it's funny, like... I forget that movie. Um, Michael Bisping was in it with uh, Michael J. White, Scott Allen. Oh, it was like a triple some triple yeah triple threat triple threat yeah, yeah triple threat. He said that of those martial artists, Scott Allen, I think Tony Jaa was in it as well. Yes. He said of all those guys, Michael J. White was the best true martial artist. He said he's like kind of light spar with him, just kind of moving around. Yeah. He said Michael J. White even at like. 
50 or wherever he was at the time. I think he's more than 50 now. He yeah. said he was fast, explosive, like, and, and you can see it in this movie, his spin kicks, oh. his Superman punches, like, obviously it's stage combat. Obviously it's choreographed, yeah, but I'm he's, like, uh, 52. So yeah, 52. Yeah. So that's actually one, one thing I actually wanted to bring it up because often you get these actors who do these movies, martial art movies, and kind of get an overinflated sense of ego. Uh, example would be like Wesley Snipes, John claude Van Damme, the uh, master of the front kick himself, Steven Seagal. Oh, no. <laughs> and I f- when, when it comes from Michael Jarl White, I feel it's not from an ego. I feel it's just from a place of just teaching. Could you s- you've seen that video where he's teaching Kimbo Slice how to quick punch. Mm-hmm. And he's not doing it to say, I can kill everybody in this room. He's saying it to say, this is kind of what I do to kind of like surprise people with a punch. Maybe you should do it rather than telegraphing. And just to, and he just seems so like humble and personable as well. Like, do you think that would translate well into the MMA world? Do you, if Michael Jar White decided to like, you know what, I'm going to try and end, well, if he was in his prime, because I, I don't think at 50, yeah, he would be able to do it. But if he was, say, maybe 10, 20 years younger, UFC was a thing, do you think he would be able to make it? Yes and no. So um, so I think what you're saying, like, he's just a student of the game. Yeah. And he would have to, I, I feel like, you know, rewind the clock, even just 10 years to where he's 40, yeah. if he spends enough time. Because there were actually a fair amount of t- uh, moments in this movie where... Um, he was using some like jujitsu, so some some grappling. Yeah. There were some judo throws. There were some arm bars, some omoplatas. There were some actually a fair amount of ground stuff. Where I feel like a guy, he he's clearly from a striking background. Yeah. And some of that stuff doesn't translate well because it's more flashy. And a guy with some crisp boxing or muay thai can get on the inside and just expose you. Yeah. But I feel like Michael J. White is the guy to take it seriously, and he wouldn't use those kind of flashy techniques. Yeah. And he clearly has the power. Honestly, I think he could do it. So apparently he's a uh, martial artist in eight different styles. Taekwondo, Kobudo, Tang Soo Do, Wushu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and Kyokushin. So he has like eight different martial arts styles that he's like learned. Uh, Respect for the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I would wonder what his belt is in, in I, I assume most of them, if you come from a striking background, it's yeah. very, once you get your first black belt, it's pretty easy to translate in the next one. Like you hear, like, yeah. you get Taekwondo, then Tang Sudo, all those. I bet, but Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, totally different world. He probably had to start from scratch. I wonder what he's mm. ranked. It's interesting because his main style is karate, but his first martial arts was actually Jiu-Jitsu at the age of seven. Oh, really? Yeah. So it'd be very interesting. Apparently now he's a special education teacher where his whole thing is to like teach him. Uh, oh, he's like a music teacher, apparently. Just looking at it now. He's like a real life superhero. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the guy is a saint. <laughs> oh, he is. And here's the thing. He played Tyson in the HBO movie. Love he, it. And he was so good. And like he managed to do Tyson's voice without making it hokey. Oh, really? I've got to watch that. Yeah. I know Jamie Foxx is going to do it in a movie coming up. That I one mean, I want to see. I am interested in that. It, uh, especially, I wonder, with what we know now, with Mike Tyson actually making a comeback in the ring. Oh, my God. that I saw that come across my timeline the other day, and I just died a little bit. I mean, I got excited. like I was like, oh, but then I was like, oh, man, 53. Like, yeah. And then uh, he's fighting Roy Jones Jr. Like, pretty much right. in their prime, that will be like the legendary match. Right, but 
both in their advance, especially being punchy as they are, I don't think is going to work out. And the what was it the League of Legends or, or the Legends of League or something like that? That's the name of the group. That's they basically that's the going, promotion that's putting it on. Uh, well, apparently it's like a league where a bunch of uh, over the hill boxers coming back into the ring to fight each other. I'm so mixed on things like that. Like a lot yeah. of MMA fighters have talked about wanting to start that. And it's like, yes, I agree. If you're still fighting at that age, you shouldn't yeah. be fighting the young guns. No. But at the same time, having a league that's named like, oh, just legend. And you're like yeah. sort of past your prime, a little bit washed up. It's a bit, it's a bit sad. Especially with the acronym LOL. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even, yeah. <laughs> like, you may as well just call it old fox boxing. Old, yeah, old fox boxing. And apparently on the undercard, Jake Paul is fighting. Oh my god! Anytime <laughs> they do a free show like Connor versus yeah. McGregor, KSI versus Logan Paul, Jake yeah. Paul's on the undercard. Like, yeah, pretty much. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, apparently he's fighting an NFL fighter, so maybe he gets face rearranged. But yeah, just. Generally, unless you want to make that your proper career, stay in your lane, in my opinion, because it, it kind of defeats the purpose. Like, I enjoyed the McGregor Mayweather fight for the spectacle that it was. But mm. it, when you win, what what next? But there's no progress. Right. There's no nothing. It's just a one-off. There's nothing to go into it. And I just... Uh, yeah, it made me never want to see like a crossover ever again. I'm yeah. like, we've seen it. That's it. It's fine. Well, since the beginning, the crossover has never worked. Like Muhammad Ali and uh, Antonio uh, Inoki, yeah, which invented MMA. But then MMA had to like go away for a bit and then reintroduce itself as this completely different thing from what we actually saw. And even right. then, we, we had a dude with one gl- boxing glove. Oh my God, Art Jimerson, what a joke! <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I mean, they literally did. If you if you have Fight Pass, it's like the UFC's uh, streaming service. They yeah. do a show called "Where Are They Now," and oh. they catch up with uh, uh, like old uh, fighters, and mostly it's from like people from their their reality show, The Ultimate Fighter. But the first season, they did a few of the um, early UFC guys, and they did Art Jimerson, and he was like, at the time. I was five years undefeated or 15 fight streak or something like that. I was a cruiserweight boxing champion. I was like, there's no way these martial arts guys are going to have good boxing. I thought I was going to get the knockout with my left hand. I'm a southpaw. Like, yeah, this whole thing. I was like, bro. And then they grabbed his legs. It's like, oh, no. He literally, on on Hoist Gracie's record, when he beat our uh, says it says tap submission position. He just got mounted and just tapped. Like, there was no actual choke or joint lock. He just was like, Oh, I'm never getting out of this. And he, t- <laughs> he just looks up and like, you know, done. That's me. Fuck then. Yep. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, blood and bone 2009 directed by Ben Ramsey. And this isn't the worst thing Ben Ramsey has done. He is the writer for dragon ball evolution. Oh my God. Yeah. And he actually had to apologize for that movie. In 20, 2016, he actually outright just went, I am sorry. I went in it for the money. I'm sorry. Can I get my career, please? Oh, my God. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I almost feel like this movie, Blood and Bone, has to be rated separately. Yeah. If you're, like, if I were to rate the fight scenes, yeah. 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. Great. Like, absolutely 
act, like well choreographed, well uh, acted, shot. Everything about the fights is interesting is too because you got like different characters. Yep, exactly. Plot <laughs> two out of ten. <laughs> acting uh, six out of ten. Like Michael okay. J. White, great acting. I would Even, say uh, knock off Sterling K. Brown. I feel bad saying that. Oh, no, Eamon you, Walker, I believe. Don't you talk shit about Eamon Walker. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no I, I see that shit. with all due respect. I, I thought he was phenomenal. Don't talk um, shit about Kareem Saeed from Oz. That's, oh, yeah. He's oh, in Oz. that's right. He was in Oz. Yeah. I, I love Oz. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. But, I, uh, I actually think uh, him and Julian Sands actually kind of brought this movie in acting-wise, especially the standoff they had. Oh, that was great when he was like, like his racist well, drop tirade. your pants, I'll dispel that myth right now. <laughs> yeah, they're just offering to show each other dicks. And like, oh my God. Like, they're like, like grabbing little... each other's belt buckles. I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. They literally was like, what else could be like, what is next? <laughs> yeah, and so the movie, so the movie opens with, in my opinion, the best scene. Kimbo Slice shows up to shank somebody. And that actually was one of the things I didn't like. No? Because, because first of all, I mean, I like the scene as, as if we're to take it out, crop it out, that's a good scene. Yeah. But I didn't like that that opened because A, I didn't like the fact that they never explained why uh, Bone, Michael J. White's character, was in prison. Yeah. Never explained that. I felt like it was just sort of like, going back to what I said about the movie being like extremely problematic, it was full of stereotypes. And that's the kind of thing that like, I, I don't mind when a movie embraces stereotypes every now and then, yeah. but this was like, whoa. And <laughs> that was one of them. And I also felt that because Kimbo um, is, is a superstar. Like he was one of the first guys to transcend like pop culture and MMA. Yeah. And um, I felt like, like he's on the poster. And when you even like talk to me about watching this movie, I expected him to be like basically the supporting lead. Like I was like, okay, cool. Nope. He just is there to shank. And actually I want to like, to be fair, Kimbo's acting was not bad. I get like no. not a stretch, but when he was like, Hey, get this motherfucker out the way. I was like, I believe that. Like everyone <laughs> he said it was great. When he just pushed the guy into the other room. <laughs> when he won't yeah. buy him, just get the fuck out, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what the? F you got off lightly, <laughs> right? And and the, like, just a takedown where he just stabs them, like right in the, the chest, and just proceeds yep. to beat the piss out of everybody. Right. It's yeah. So to be fair, that scene is like, like you said, it's it's excellent on its own. Yeah. I just didn't like it. Kind of then after it ended, just like abruptly cut to him being out or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. When he's standing there at the sink and is like seeing Kimbo in the reflection, I thought that was really well done. Where he's like, "You have five seconds." I was like, "You realize you're surrounded," <laughs> and like oh, clearly that didn't matter. But then, like clearly, Michael Jai White is superhuman in this movie. He's never right? defeated. He, he he's <laughs> barely bloodied and he's just beating everybody no matter what no matter how big they are he just finds a way just by giving yep. a special look he exactly yes his superpowers he has to look at him just to know okay his knee's a bit fucked i'm gonna kick him in the knee which ends up being right. most, most of everything in this movie like it's always kick the dude in the knee and when it when it opened up i was like okay and then it came to the the backstory on why he's doing what he's doing was that guy who uh spoke to him in prison who got killed was that the guy at the beginning you talking about who had the picture of his wife yeah that we didn't find out 
Danny, I'm 90% certain that was the guy in the very first scene as well. Because yeah. then they show like halfway through the movie, they cut back to prison, like a flashback. Um, and they, they show Kimbo and the guys rolling up on the friend. Stabbing the shit out of him. Stabbing the shit yeah. out of him. He literally has a chess board. Like, hey, man, let's play chess. Oh, and he's like yeah. getting stabbed. Fuck. Uh, let's talk some of the fighters. The first one I would talk about is Hammerman. Oh my God, Bob Sapp. Oh man. And to be fair, like I was saying this earlier, Bob Sapp is a bit of a joke in MMA. He is. Like he only fights in basically in Japan, even like now, because back in the day, people used to do that. Like there was like, at one time Pride was competing with the UFC. They could have been like the number one promotion, UFC number two. You know, they were kind of going back and forth. Now it's a bit like, almost like a caricature. Yeah. Bob Sapp would still fight there. He went like 14 fights uh, on the lost streak to the point where they looked like fixed fights. Like he's just like, anytime he even gets in a bad position, he just taps immediately. He just like quits in uh, every fight. It's pretty much, I think he said that they don't pay for my insurance. Why would I want to get hurt? I'm going to take the money. But as soon as I feel like I'm in a, a dangerous position, I, I don't want to be there. He's just basically doing it for the money, using his notoriety right. to... But like his first couple of fights, especially with... Uh, was it Nagera? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, you know, he had some good fights initially yeah. when he just could use his strength. But then, and to his credit... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And then Crow Cop happened. Oh, yeah, Crow Cop. Yeah, it was never the same after the Crow Cop fight. Yeah, because that was pretty much the decline. I think he kind of had this air of him like, I'm going to kill everybody. And then right. he faced Krokop, who kicked him really hard in the leg. And yeah. being kicked hard in the leg by Krokop is the worst thing in the world. For anyone who doesn't know Krokop, he would always say, right leg, hospital, left leg, cemetery. I think he took a, le- a left leg to the leg, so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so carry on what you were going to say. Oh, I was saying, yeah, the, the first thing, they, they introduced the guy, uh, Hammerman, Bob Sapp, yeah. Who is literally like, I'm pretty sure Bob Sepp's like seven foot. Like, he's a massive dude. He's huge. And like, jacked. He's not just t- like tall and skinny. He's buff. And to be fair, like I was saying, like, I kind of laugh because it's Bob Sapp. And I always remember him in the longest yard as well when he's like, he broke in my nose. Oh, man. Yes. And, and then in, in this fight or in, in the first scene, they show him beating the piss out of the guy from like the POV of the guy who's losing. That was horrifying. Like, oh, man. Bob Sapp is a terrifying dude. That was actually a really good creative choice to have. Yeah. It looks like they got the camera and they put like a screen over the top of it. And right. they just let Bob Sapp go just wail on it. That was such a clever idea because I sunk into my chair going, fuck, he's going to kill me. Because, Same. Yeah. Oh, man. Just so good. And... But that scene as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had you mentioned uh, Rufio, Dante Bosco... Uh, I believe is his name was then, like the announcer yeah. and th- we, we roll up on this club, this under, not a club, but like an underground fight ring in a parking lot some, somewhere. in a parking lot somewhere. Exactly. Very like nineties great. Even though it's 2009, like very much like fast and the furious kind of like underground Tokyo scene or whatever, but it's in LA, which actually yes. I love. I'm actually from LA. Okay. I live in New Jersey now. So a lot of this was like, Oh, I know that that's in downtown LA. <laughs> There was a lot of like kind of cool throwback moments for me, but they're in this like parking lot and Dante Bosco, th- th- there's this guy fighting in overalls and he's got a wig with rollers and yes. he was like the homicidal homosexual. And I was oh. like, Oh bro, stop and, that. And you, and you can't say any of the other stuff because otherwise right. 
cancelled because Jesus exactly. Christ. Oh that, my gosh. The guy the guy, the homicidal homosexual. Right. Uh is Ernest the Cat Miller. He's known as uh he's like a taekwondo guy. He also did uh pro wrestling for WCW. Oh nice. And I knew a, he looked familiar. Yeah, and his other claim to fame is he's in the wrestler. He's kind of like the Mickey Rourke movie. Yeah. He's so kind good. of the Iron Sheik role in that movie. So, uh, and his big claim to fame is the uh, dance with James Brown on WCW. Because uh, his whole thing that. was like a, a James Brown ripoff. And then, like I said, Bob Sapp shows up. I, I really enjoyed when you see him get in the car, that it's like a Humvee and he just lifts up as soon as he gets out. Just to kind of, oh, yeah. like, this is a jack dude. And then he just murders people. And every other scene, he's just quiet. But you know he's getting ready. And when when he's about to fight Bones. Oh, yeah. And he's in the car and he's drinking alcohol, screaming and sweating and being injected with steroids. That was <laughs> nuts. That was insane. He, he's like getting pumped up for the fight, like drinking, like you said. And the guy next to him, this like little Asian guy is like, you ready, man? And he's like filling up the syringe. I was like, oh my God. It kind of looked like how I get ready for podcasts. So, right? Yeah. Just, just in a quiet room. I did it myself before. <laughs> Someone injecting me with steroids, getting ready to murder somebody. Oh, but yeah. And then his fight with Michael Jar White was really good. Uh, it looked like your classic uh, post Crow Cop Bob, uh, Bob Sapp fights, where he just gets right. the shit kicked out of him by Michael Jar White. But not for lack of trying, to be no. fair. And like you said, one of the, the things that they did in this movie, I wish they did a little bit more, to be fair, was uh, Michael J. White's quote-unquote like superpower. It's almost like they say yeah. like like uh, like Batman or something has trained martial arts for like all yeah. his life so that he has like sort of like a superpower in a sense where he can sense movement. Like they, they showed a scene where he was fighting this buff guy, not Bob Sapp, but I forget. Oh, uh, and they yeah. Showed a, the guy was like telegraphing where he would throw a jab and drop his hand. And so he knew he'd be open for the counter. And, uh, and like that was present a lot in the Bob Sapp fight too. And I was like, yes, I need more of this. Yeah. That guy was actually a stunt double for the rock. I knew it. I knew I look familiar that. Yeah. Cause, cause I remember the rock posting a picture of him one day. Yeah. If you like look him up, uh, Tenoi Reed, he will show yes. up as uh, the rock. He was also in the black eyed peas pump it video. <laughs> I'm just going off Wikipedia, so that's beautiful. No, there's so many amazing cameos. Like you didn't even tell me uh, the goat, the women's goat, Gina Carano yes. is in this. I was watching that. I was going like, oh my god, that's Gina Carano. And the best part, like she beats the shit out of this girl, oh. and then Michael Jai White does his thing yeah and she walks up to him still covered in blood from her fight takes her number out of her bra and is like call me i was like oh my god you know what her character name is veretta veretta vendetta was it vivacious veretta vendetta just triple oh my god yeah i think uh all the mma people who were in movies she's the biggest actor out of all of them Oh, absolutely! Yeah. yeah, she she was kind of a pioneer. Like everyone knows Ronda Rousey. There is no Ronda Rousey without Gina Carano. 
Gita Carano's MMA on the map. I think she was the first American woman, but it might also be American person to win a title in Muay Thai. Yeah. Like she was a combat sports phenom before MMA was a thing. Then she did her thing, got the trash beat out of her by Cyborg and then oh. and stopped fighting. But, but she, she's actually a decent actress. Oh my God, yeah. I actually, uh, Deadpool, she was great. It's like worth that. actually um, checking out if, if you like her. Uh, she did an interview with Ariel Holwani, who's MMA's like biggest journalist, yeah. um, explaining how she got the role in Deadpool. They wanted her in it, in it for so long, and and they wanted her to like show her her boobs, and she was like, "I'm not doing that. Yeah. I have no problem with nudity, but this feels gratuitous, and I want to do it for the right time." And eventually, they said, "Okay, we need you. Whatever. If you don't want to do it, we'll we'll find a way out." And they ended up having Colossus block her. Yeah. And I was just like, "That's so cool that she was like vehement on on not doing that." And she, to be fair, she killed it in the Mandalorian. Yeah, she's great. Oh, she's so good, and it's so good. Compared, like I like Ronda Rousey, but when it comes no, to acting, Gina is the goat. Yeah, she's the she's the best when it comes to uh, MMA to acting. Uh, I play Mortal Kombat 11 all the time, and I have to like mute every time Sonya Blade shows up. Ugh. Uh, they, they should have just had her as an alternate voice for the Terminator, because it's so, <laughs> it's so robotic. Uh, right. Back to the Hammerman. The first fight, he fights Cowboy. I had to like kind of get up, and I was this, I was like two inches from my screen, because I was like, is that Donald Cerrone? I was actually <laughs> gonna say that earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's clearly like based on him. Like yeah, it's he basically is like I don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely not him playing it, but I feel like it's based on that character. But it's it's so close to him. Bold head with with a cowboy hat. You could have got him, just give him beer, and he would have shown up. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and so then the whole movie is about him out of prison. And he gets in close with this boarding house with his foster family. And yeah. he's basically doing this because he promises Buddy to look after his wife and child in prison. Yeah, I feel like that was a little lost. Like, first, we, don't, we didn't find it until later. Like midway. And then, like, yeah, like midway through the movie. Because we first, on the very first fight scene that we referenced earlier, we see the Eamon Walker's character who's like the promoter for hammerman yeah like is like the more sort of like rich high-end version of what dante bosco is and he has this like hot girlfriend who we, we think is like maybe his wife or something yeah and you see him like ask about her like what's that girl's name and i thought maybe he was interested in her like to to try and get her get with her and then you find out no he carries around that picture yeah. of her with uh his friend from prison Danny and that was his that was his girl and I really was like like they meet at that party after um, Bone absolutely dismantles Hammerman oh, yeah. and we find out that she's like addicted to drugs and that's how like she's even with that guy oh, even, even before that uh, after the first fight and they meet Eamon Walker and the woman yeah and they, they were kind of bringing up how Oh, he sent his buddy to jail and she's addicted to cocaine and she had to bought the baby and stuff like that. I was expecting Bone to be the husband. Really? I, was expect- I, I didn't get that at all. That's ex- that would be interesting take. I think that would have been better if it was him coming out, no 
no one recognizes him. He doesn't barely meet James until like the last middle of the movie. And then he goes, if you want your wife back, you got to fight uh, Pretty Boy Perry. Pretty Boy Price. That's Pretty it. Price or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Luke Rockhold, basically. Yeah, Luke Rockhold. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much Luke Rockhold. Uh, I was in the arena when uh, Bisping knocked out Rockhold, by uh, the way. That was uh, insane. Uh, that is beautiful. That was such a beautiful fight. Yeah. Uh, but, and then there's a couple more fights. Uh, I really, like I said, it starts off with him fighting the Rock double, and then he beats the shit out of everybody else. Yeah. And he ends up getting 20 crown for being like eight people at all at once. I was going to actually say one of my favorite cameos that that was a non-fighter cameo was uh Frank for not for, uh, Francis Capra? No, who is it? Um ta- his character's name was Tattoo. He's a guy from uh he was the little boy in Free Willy and he was on Veronica Mars. That's where I know him the most from. I'm pretty sure his oh. name's like Frank Capra or something. Uh um, but he was the guy that put the money down his down his pants. His character's name is Tattoo. Okay. Um, and uh, they, yeah, they, they roll up on this guy and he beats the crap out of his best fighter. And he's like, all right. He's like, he can take two at a time. Like, okay, you said two. And then he kind of like makes the bet. Yeah, Michael J. White dismantles like their whole crew. And then he's just like, you want your money? Here's your money. And then he puts it down his pants. Which that was like the most ridiculous thing. And then he starts chasing after him with like a machine gun. Oh, yeah. Uh, Frank Kappa, he was in uh, yeah the Shack Joint Kazam. Yes, yeah Kazam. Yeah, oh my god, where everyone trash? Are you kidding me? That's a that's a legend. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) You know what's a legend? Sinbad being in a genie movie. (laughs) That's great, actually. But uh, yeah, so we have by the midpoint, the whole movie's done. Exactly, because you all build up to Hammerman. And then it feels like the last 45 minutes, they just kind of, it reminds me of uh, if you're a video game player, you ever play Far Cry 3? No. Um, I've, I've played, well, actually, no, I have played Far Cry 3. That's the one where they, it starts out and you're in like a hotel on the beach or something. Yeah. And then you get sure. kidnapped by uh, slavers and stuff like that. Yes. That's actually the only Far Cry I have played, but I only played like the first like couple hours of it. So you have this really interesting villain. And then he's kind of gone in the midway, and then you got some other douche at the end. <laughs> yeah, you got like the cool villain in Hammerman, and then you introduce this guy who's in it for like five minutes and is immediately beating the shit out of. And right. it's it's kind of a downer. And I like Matt uh, Matt Mullins; he's a yeah. good stunt actor. Uh, a year after this, him and uh, Michael J. White was in Mortal Kombat. Uh, it Jar was Johnny Cage. Yeah, and Jar White was Jax. It was their attempt to reboot it more gritty. Uh, let's talk about Eamon Walker. This, the best part in this movie, in my opinion. He, like he, in my opinion, acts circles around everybody. I really like how his character starts off. He's this cool, calm guy, lets things go. He may murder a person or two, but he's pretty relaxed. He likes to do the respect... But by the end of it, he's swearing more than Dante Basco. Right. I really enjoyed just this arc of this villain who's all about peace and the warrior's way and stuff like that. But by the end of it, he's trying to cut a man with a blade while calling him a motherfucker. 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite cliches. I will never get tired of it when you have a villain like that who's always like about like he's like peace and tranquility, but then also is a murderer and things like that. Like yeah. one of my fa- one of my favorite Bob Sapp moments I forgot about until you just mentioned it was when they're talking about the golf game around yes. the table. Yeah. He kills the guy that Wang Chung is in the background. He's like, you don't think I know Wang Chung? And then after <laughs> he starts killing him, Bob Sapp turns up the remote. He's like, blast the music. After like, the first stab, yeah. he's like, you know, I like this song. Turn it up. Turn it up. Exactly. <laughs> it's, and it's just the way he's got... So good. And it's, it looks like he's done it before. Right. He knows what's up. Exactly. Okay. He's like, he knows what's coming. Yep. Okay. James is freaking out. Time to get the time to turn up Wang Chung. Right. Oh, I, and I love the moment we talked about earlier with Julian Sands. Yeah. Like I, I studied um, uh, accents and dialects a fair amount in college, and I love a good RP. And yeah. when he's like, when he's sitting there talking to him, and he's like, What do you think you're doing? And he's like, Well, yeah. let's dispel that myth right now. I'll pull it out. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> exactly. shit. And I like how they basically, he's being so racist to him, saying, you're just a dog to us. Do you let your dogs oh, eat at your table? Just really, right. just really bringing him down. I think he wanted him in the group, but he wanted to know, hey, I'm vouching for you. You, you owe me one. So if I yeah. need you, you're there for me. Exactly. And just, just the acting between the two actors, because Emma Walker is English as well. Oh really? Yeah, he's English. Oh wow! So he's that, an English. Much more respect knowing that. Yeah. So he he is two English actors just chewing all the scenery. I think that's another thing about love about Eamon Walker in this movie that he's just he knows he's in a movie called Blood and Bone with Michael J. White, but he's having so much fun with it. Just even down to when he just started singing the song, you could just see he's just having the time of his life, and. That whole scene just between them and just the conversation. And then it, you're like, what's going to go on? Are they going to fight? And then like, right. let's, let's, let's compare dicks now. <laughs> because that's what the whole thing was. It was a dick measuring contest between them. It's $5 million. Well, we don't let, let you people in there. Hold on. What the fuck? That's pretty oh, much yeah. the, the conversation. And do you recognize one of uh, Julian Sands' bodyguards? Uh, are you talking about Maury Smith? Uh, no. There's a second one. I was going to say, Maury Smith was in this movie, and I, I just saw that on the cast list, and I kept trying to pick him out, and I couldn't. He was one of the um, bodyguards, and the other okay. one is, let me just take a, a quick, I need to find his name again. Robert Wall. Robert Wall. I don't know that name. He was, uh, he played... Is the guy, the white guy with the afro in Enter the Dragon? Oh. <laughs> okay, okay. And you funny know. enough, his character's name in Enter the Dragon is the same in this movie. They, they 100% have to, had to have done that on purpose. Oh, yeah, they did. I love it. And Actually, going back to, to Pretty Boy Price, Matt Mullins, yeah. I meant to say this. I thought it was so funny when they showed him, when, when, when they're at that party. And uh, James, Eamon Walker's character, is like showing him the weapons, which is a bit of a foreshadowing moment because Michael J. White's like, oh, I don't know about weapons. And then, of course, yeah. he did at the end. But they're watching this film on price. And they had, they, first of all, they underutilized Arnold 
Chan, I think is his name, who was holding pads for him, yeah. who was like a legit martial artist, like does a lot of movies, but also trained some MMA fighters too. Um, like he had this awesome moment, and I think it was that Wild Hogs movie where there's all those old guys on the motorcycles. Okay, yeah, like a bunch of like, yeah. he like tore off his shirt, had like a bunch of abs, and did like a flip kick or whatever. But like he's holding mitts for Price, uh, Matt Mullen's character, and I'm sitting there thinking like, this is the best fighter in the world. He looks like CM Punk, like on the mitts. I mean, <laughs> really, does. yeah. But then he redeemed himself by being like legit in terms of like his striking, like kicking and um, yeah. like his taekwondo in the in the actual fight with price and fighting in a suit as well like super badass oh definitely but, uh, if you fight in a suit or you just make an entrance in a suit you're pretty much badass for life see uh john claude van damme in never no retreat no surrender right where he it's looks, like super disrespectful to your opponent like i don't even need to be in like i love that clothing to be you <laughs> and i love i love the way it ended because michael Jai white beats the shit out of him but he doesn't want to win for james so he just taps out Oh my God, that, that was actually one of my favorite plot moments where he literally like, it was a fair, like kind of back and forth fight, but then he gets the better of him and he is in the, he has like a knee bar or something, some sort of submission yeah. and he looks right at James, lets go of it and just taps the floor look, and look. Price is like beat up, ashamed, <laughs> like looked like he got, just got neutered and the ref is like... For, due to forfeit, winner, price. He's like, oh. He's being dragged up by his arm. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and is, and the, the final sword fight, it, it had to happen. The fact that he cut his goddamn hand off. Oh, my God. Can I just say, <laughs> I was so angry. Because, like, first of all, like I said, it, when, when we first meet uh, those weapons or whatever, when, we, when he first takes them to this, his house, yeah. he, he does the traditional Chinese weapon that they use in uh, Crushing Tiger, Hidden Dragon, where it has a little tassel. It's, yeah. like, actually kind of flexible. The blade is, like, wiggly kind of. And uh, Michael Jawai is like, oh, I don't know these weapons. Then uh, James decides to get a regular, like, katana or something. Michael J. White grabs one of those weapons, suddenly uses it. He's like, does a kata or something. He knows the whole thing yeah. and, and throws the blade away and fights him with the scabbard, with the sheath. I, I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah. super missed opportunity to actually use the blade. <laughs> Pretty much. But then he ends up getting him anyway by chopping his hand off. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, so good. And the last we see of, uh, of James, Jesus Christ, uh, is him oh. being. That was a perfect ending in the back to the prison. He's getting shanked by Kimbo. Yeah, but it's made to look like they're doing something else. It is made to look like he's being boofed. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's looking like Kimbo was boofing him because Jesus Christ. And I love the angry scream from him. It's almost like a throwback to Oz. You know, what, you know what would be funny if he's in and he's trying to piss and he's got like the little Adebisi hat on the side of his head? <laughs> that would have been perfect. Or if one of the prisoners was actually Adebisi himself. Right. So a little cameo there. But I had so much fun with this movie. Seriously. I did as well. Like, I love a good movie where, like I said, the fight scenes were yeah. 10 out of 10. I was like... Oh my God! Yes, and then you have a ridiculous moment, like when the when 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 that guy when Frank Capra or whatever uh, put his uh, yes. the money down his jeans, and Michael <laughs> Jai White just rips the jeans out <laughs> just to get the money. I blurred laughs like five times in this movie. Like I don't yeah. know. I was just about to bring it up, especially because the previous movie I watched before that was Roadhouse, so we had a throat rip, and then we had a crotch rip. <laughs> 
you know? And I laughed as hard on both scenes because it's so ridiculous. But he, Love to see it. He literally pulls his jeans, crotch out, leaving everything else and has the money in his hand. And it's such a ridiculous scene, but it's just so great. So great. And I love the line that um, Tattoo has when they're driving away. He thinks they've got him or, or they think they've got away clean. And he grabs a fucking like assault rifle or something. And is just like shooting at him. And he's like, pussies. I'm like, <laughs> you're the one shooting when they're unarmed and you had your crotch ripped out. Yeah. You just beat nine of you in hand-to-hand combat. And you have to bring out guns. Exactly. Uh, oh, pussy. Fuck. Oh, there's another so let's talk about dante basco in this yeah. movie. so uh, i um i was born in 90 yeah so uh the hook that came out i think 95 yeah i've seen that movie like 10 times i mean yeah. that that was like my bible so like anytime he's in and i know like he had a good part in like that movie take the lead with antonio banderas yeah so whenever he goes on whenever he's on screen in anything I, I fanboy out a little bit. I'm like, Rufio, Rufio. Exactly. exactly, exactly. But in this, holy crap, they, they really, everything that was terrible, they wrote for him. Exactly. Like, uh, I want to say that the time I laughed the most, probably, and again, plenty of, of blurred laugh moments, plenty of moments where I was like holding my sides. When they're in the nightclub <laughs> uh, and Hammerman is actually trying to round him up, and you have a guy in um, uh, what's what? What is his name? Pinball. They call, call his character Pinball. Yeah, Dante pinball. Basco is Dante pinball, Basco yeah. is like leaning up against the the bar, and Hammerman Bob Sapp is like twice his size, <laughs> looming yeah. over him. He's he, the guy has literally seen him fight, seen him beat the shit out of people. It's not just like a big dude. Yeah. And then Pinball says to his face, "They're like he's like where's Bone?" And he's like, "He's at your mother's house with a box of condoms or whatever." <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's like, just because your friend beat him up doesn't mean you can beat him up now. Right? The friend it is doesn't to be work seen. that way. And so he hits him so hard, he vomits on his shoe. That I think that's what did it. That's what sent me over the edge. It was the line about the box of condoms. He hits him, like punches him in the stomach, and he vomits. I lost my shit. I was I like, the just throw him everywhere. And then Michael Child White shows up and i right. think i was disappointed by that scene because he just shot everybody i think there could have been a really good scene where michael jai white beats the piss out of everybody in that bar but i think they were we got to get it an hour and 30 so we kind of got to just have him shoot everybody although it goes against what he says where he doesn't like to use weapons Exactly. That that I, I noticed that as well. I'm glad you brought that up because one, it was a bit of like Deus Es Machina where he's just kind of coming out of nowhere to save his friend. Like they're looking for him. Why would he be in the play? Like the, he's supposed to be like kind of in hiding from these guys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he has a gun. Like I'm, I, I don't remember them showing him like picking it up. And even if they did again, like you said, goes against his whole philosophy of no weapons and all, Oh, he's a perfect shot. Like, yeah. I don't know. Of course. And the almost, uh, favorite scene from Pinball is where they go to pick up the like the damsel in distress from the hospital who's in rehab because Michael Jai White's so good he managed to borrow her for a couple of weeks right and took her to rehab so they decide to get her back and here comes Pinball out out of the bed with two guns ready to shoot everybody 
and then ends up shooting the uh, the the Asian goon. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that like, I, I I couldn't even like that was the funniest thing where he yeah it looks like that he's in control and then all of a sudden the guy like tackles him and Michael J White has to bail him out. Yeah, and like I said, there's so many like ever made cameos and it works so well for it and. Like we were saying, the, the final fight was good. The the one thing I had an issue was was just that the fighters were too uh Michael Jai White was too good. Yeah. It's like a, a UFC fighter going down to a local uh, independent. Someone on top of his game in UFC going to a local independent show. Like an amateur show. Yeah. And fighting everybody. <laughs> Right, it's almost like he was fighting with cheat codes. Like if it was a video game, it, it was it like is. you're you're fighting like the 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 number one ranked player in the country against like someone who just picked up the controller for the first time. Yeah, like he just styled on everybody. Yeah, or which like is kind of like Michael J. White's thing in a way. But this whole this whole movie is easy mode for Michael J. White. He's like he's just picked the easiest one, and he's put the most high damage. So as long as he doesn't get hit first, he can KO everybody. As we were saying, uh, is superhuman power to just look at somebody and instantly know their weakness. Was I wish they did more. Yeah, agreed. Like I said, there was a brilliant moment where they showed a guy who he like telegraphed or, or or dropped his hand after a jab or something, and they showed the perfect counter. Like there was a lot of setups like that that were actually like you could tell the fight choreographer was really it was well done, yeah. and the director worked with it to to kind of like make more of those moments and it's almost like you said they were fighting for a runtime because if that was a two hour movie versus an hour and a half you know you would have had at least one or two more moments of that yeah i would like to have seen a bit more matt mullins as well it's almost like a cameo oh yeah that's right yeah like they talk about him as being the number one ranked fighter in the world now we have to go by that is like a video whereas like you said they built up hammerman for like the first half of the movie did you see that one uh, portion of the video where it's just got some guy sitting down while he needs him in the face repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, constantly re- just kneeling, kneeling him in the face, and it doesn't look like they're repeating footage. It looks like there's just five minutes of just stumps. Right. Oh yeah. There's the one moment where um the guy is like pressed up against the cage, and Matt Mullen character just like elbowing him like yeah. for days. <laughs> where is the referee? Jesus. This is the streets. That actually was the funniest thing too as well. Can we just say, I forgot yeah. about that because, so they're like fighting in literal parking lots and it's like whatever. And then, and, and then the, the guy, James, Eamon Walker's character is like, I'm heavily involved in the fight game. I'm like, no, you're not, dude. No, you're, you're not. You're and they hiring guys the to fight. <laughs> consortium. Yeah, exactly. This is bum fights. I mean, yeah. this is literally like, you grab dudes from a bar and you put them against each other. Like, Maybe That's why MMA got a bad name in the original days that people would call like human cockfighting. That's human cockfighting. <laughs> Maybe this consortium is just like a actual UFC that he wants to get into. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's what it is. It's just they want to get into the legit fight game and there's no way to do it unless you have this best fighter to bring with you to enter this fight league. You're right. The whole film was an allegory for mental illness. Yeah, pretty uh, much. James is convinced that the UFC is actually like a super like corrupt organization. Yeah, He's like, I have to put five million on the table. Yeah, I, I can you imagine if that actually happened? <laughs> People trying to get into the UFC, 
hey, it's five million to get in. How much my fight pay? 5K. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> if you win. <laughs> yeah, if you win, we may give you an extra 2K. If you do a really good oh. KO, we'll give you 10. Uh, <laughs> but so would you recommend Blood and Bone? 100%. Yes. With a caveat, just know what you're getting into. Like, yeah. Listen to this first so you hear us talk about how goddamn ridiculous it is, but also yeah. talk about the good parts. And just know, like, I, I went into this knowing I was just going to see Michael J. White be the shit out of people. Like, I, I knew that. You know exactly what you wanted. Yes, agreed. Uh, and then another recommendation is um, Undisputed 2. The game or? No, the, the movie. The first movie was uh, pretty much a play on Mike Tyson going to prison. And the Mike Tyson character was played by Ving Rhymes. And he fights, okay. and he fights the prison champion played by Wesley Snipes. In the sequel, uh, after uh, Ving Rhymes' character leaves prison, he ends up going back to jail because he's going to Russia to do an exhibition. And they catch him with drugs, so he goes to prison. And now he's fighting their champion, played by Scott. Scott Allen? Uh, no, Sc- English. Scott Adkins. That's so, what I meant. The whole time I was saying Scott Allen before, I meant yeah. Scott Adkins. So it's. I know uh, who you're talking about. The big final fight of Undisputed 2 is Michael Jarl White versus Scott Adkins in a ring. I've seen, I've seen that so fight good. just in itself. Yeah, absolutely. Just that flippy shit where he kind of like throws a kick over, then just like splits in midair. Love it. Oh, and then his character was so good. The last two movies are on Scott Adkins' character, uh, Boyka the Russian. Just so good. And Michael Jai White. I wish he was in more stuff. I wish they. I wish he was in more high stuff as well. I'm so glad he did Black Dynamite though, because that's like his magnum opus, and it yes. even, and it even managed to get him like a cartoon show. And Hell I, yeah! And I think I think Black Dynamite was actually his tribute to uh, like the black exploitation movies of the seventies. Richard 70s. Kelly, who yeah. was in Enter the Dragon, because whenever he like he hits his Black Dynamite, he does the Richard Kelly uh, noise. Oh yeah! Yeah, so I think it's kind of a tribute to him. And so, Juice, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such a pleasure to have you, man. If I ever get like another MMA movie or anything with Michael Jai White, you will be on speed dial. Absolutely, man. I'll, I'll come back anytime. I had such a blast. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and like I said, uh, I, I've been a movie guy for, for more than I've been an MMA guy. So I'm, I'm happy to talk, talk films with you. That's perfect. Pleasure, yeah. And in general, when it comes down to it, I love a good uh like mma slash underground fighting tournament kind of thing one of my favorite movies is blood sport oh blood sport is like the pinnacle so anything in that wheelhouse i'm pretty much game and even if it's truly terrible as long as you have a cool fighter or something of that ilk i'm pretty much into it so yes juice thank you so much for coming in uh plug your stuff before you go oh yes absolutely thank you so much so uh, you can check out my podcast. It's called Fighting With Myself. I'm on all platforms except for SoundCloud because I'm not an up-and-coming rapper. And I'm not on YouTube because I'm not an influencer. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I'm, on, I'm everywhere. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FWM underscore pod. And if you like true crime, 
I'm working on a collaboration with a buddy of mine who does another podcast called Combat Sports with Rhino. We're okay. putting together an MMA true crime show. Ooh. And that I think is going to be, I don't want to say groundbreaking because that's a little bit like sort It'd of like self-involved, but it's pretty much pr pretty new. So I, I'm excited about that. Would uh, Joseon be an episode? He absolutely will be. Yeah. That's whenever I think of like messed up things, I always think of Joseon. He's like the worst. Which uh, maybe listeners of your show will know he's the, oh, come on, you throw a shoe from, from Austin Powers. Random task. Yes. <laughs> throws the shoe. Or if, it, if you're listening in from the, uh, the MMA world, he's a dude that got punched in the balls repeatedly on the first show, I believe. Yeah, and he stole uh, Kimo Leopoldo's gimmick by walking in with a cross. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's a literal nutcase. I mean, yeah. deplorable doesn't even begin to cover like how yeah. terrible this guy is. I can't wait to get into that uh, one. But. And there's so many more just from MMA. Uh, would Pride and its link to the Yakuza be an episode? Because I've always been interested in knowing more about that. We debated doing that. And... Yeah it's one of those things where I was like, I don't want people showing up at my door. <laughs> you, a guy in a pure white suit, red tie, just standing there staring at you. Right. No, oh, 100%. Man. We're yeah. not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole, but it's oh, interesting. It, it is. It is in general. Uh, I, I have a bunch of ideas. I'll probably tell you off, off camera. So yeah, please yeah, do. So, uh, Juice Jackson, Find With Myself podcast. Really fun podcast. Definitely check him out on Twitter. I, I often laugh at his rants about uh, different fighters, especially Darren Till. Uh, <laughs> he's Liverpool, so I can, I can insult him. He's not from my area. I don't fucking care. Oh, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> I'm fucking coming for you. Oh, God. I love Darren Till. Anything yeah. Darren Till. My favorite so Darren Till thing was when he was uh, talking to Mike Perry about spa. <laughs> Do you want to go for the spa? Yeah, yeah. Let me, <laughs> oh, let me go get my gloves then. I'm like, oh, you mean a spa? I thought you went to go get like a facial and shit. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's like two idiots just talking and it's just so right? fucking funny. Anyway, uh, that is it for me. Uh, Juice Jackson, thank you so much. And catch you guys next week. Peace.